Welcome back to the Andrew Roman Show. Thank you so much for tuning in, man. I'm glad. Hey, hopefully you guys listened to last week's episode or watched last week's episode because I got to share with you all about my uh, road trip that went wrong or the trip that went wrong and became a road trip. And yeah, I just teach you survival skills about using bear spray and uh, cost 50 bucks. So be ready for that. If you don't know or... Anything I'm saying is actually making sense. Yeah, you have to watch the last episode. Uh, But welcome to this episode, episode number 36, I believe. And for this one, I'm extremely excited because I'm going to be talking something that's very close to my heart. Well, I feel like I always talk about something that's close to my heart, but this is even closer uh, to my heart. I want to share with you a story. And this story is, is about a church, actually, a church that um, one day there was a group of people that, you know, went into church, kind of, if you're familiar and you go to church yourself, and you know, Wednesday nights, sometimes Tuesday nights, Saturday nights, Sunday nights, or Sunday mornings, well, they went in just for a, a, a prayer group, and they walked into church, and they tried to turn on the lights, but, like, nothing came on. They're like, well, that's weird. Try try the switches, and they tried the, the switchboard, and oh, nothing came on. So, you know what? They said, let's pray. I mean, there are no lights, so let's just let's pray for for power. So they started praying, and and um, just nothing happened. They tried the switches again; nothing happened yet. And um, so, like you know what, this is extremely weird that nothing's working. So they then they started. They said, you know what, let's fast, let's pray and fast because obviously we gotta move mountains here. So we gotta we gotta start fasting that candy, that Facebook, that Instagram, whatever they fasted. And they, they started praying harder. They started fasting harder, and still nothing. No lights came on. So they called the electrical company and the electricity company. And they said, Hey, what's going on? Did you cut our power? What's not? They said, you know what? The power's flowing. Um, did you try turning it off? And on? Look, this seems like a joke, but it's true. Like every time you call uh, help desk or support or tech support, they always ask you, um, did you try to turn off and on? I always want to make some type of accent because they usually have accents. So it's nothing not like being prejudiced or something. It's just they always have some type of accent. Um, it's either like, um, hello, thank you so much for calling. Have you tried turning it off and on? And you're just like, dang, this guy's so much smarter than me because he has a British accent. Obviously, I have to turn it off and on. Or I can't really do a good Indian one. It's probably going to be really bad if you can do an Indian one. But so be it. Let's say, it's like, hello, thank you for calling uh, technical support. Have you tried to turn on and off computer? Uh, that was, uh, the end was okay. That was pretty bad. But yeah, you get the point. Well, they tried and nothing. So then they asked, well, hey, are you like, is, is your generator plugged in? Like, are you actually, is everything wired and are you plugged in? They're like plugged in? What, what do you even mean by that? Well, it's like, just check the lights. Are you plugged in? So they, they go in the back and they go and you know, everything's plugged into one plug and it was disconnected. They weren't even plugged in. So you could think, man, I mean, should they have prayed harder? Should they have fasted more? Should they have gone to church a couple more times? And the reality is that they weren't even plugged in. So this is going to help us understand what we're going to be talking about in this episode. So keep that story close to your mind um, because I want to share with you something else that's going to set up for this episode. There is a there's a statistic that's pretty familiar. Uh, you know, if you're a pastor, a youth pastor uh, or in leadership, you've heard this statistic. It's a pretty startling one. And that is a, a, of a survey that was done and research that was done by Lifeway about maybe 2015. 
2015. There was another one that happened in 2017. And this found out that 70% of young adults drop out of church. 70% of young adults ending end up dropping out of church. Man, why is that? So in this episode, the title is, Will You Be a Statistic? And so we're going to be talking to why do young adults, 70, at least 7 out of 10, right? Why do they end up dropping out of church? And why do only three remain? What's going on and how can we solve it? And or should it be solved? Is is it a bad thing necessarily? And maybe as you're listening to this episode, you find yourself in that bucket. Maybe maybe you're you're the person who's still in church, and you have a bunch of friends that no longer come to church. Or maybe you're the person who no longer attends church, and maybe church has t- taken a little bit of a of a, a a place in the back burner, as they say. So let's let's talk about. Um, why and what this research found. What it found in LifeWay, again, the LifeWay research found several um, several points that determined why the young adults left. And this is one. So one is that they moved to college. You know, that happens very often. You move out of your hometown and you get disconnected from your church and you don't necessarily connect again uh, with another church. You kind of just live the college life, whether that's party or no party, but you just get a little bit disconnected. Maybe that's you right now um, if you're doing online college. Sorry about that. Or if you're still, some of the colleges are doing in person as well. And then another one is that the church members seem judgmental or hypocritical. Maybe church hurt you. You know, I've, I've heard that a lot. I've heard a lot and I've seen that as well in, in a lot of people. You know, maybe it's not that you moved to college. It's just church hurt you. These these guys seem kind of like hypocrites, man. They don't they don't do what they said they're gonna do. They act differently. They seem judgmental. So I'm not gonna go to church. Maybe that's what your opinion. Another one. Another reason was that they didn't feel connected to people in their church. Maybe that's you as well. I mean, I know a lot of people um, that I have been. What you know, my my family and I we pastor a church. My parents are are pastors, so we get to see this. Uh, front lines, you know, front lines of a lot, sometimes young adults in our church, whether they didn't feel connected at the moment, so they left and and then some do and it's, yeah, it can, it can be a reason. Or here, here's another one. It said that, it found that one of the reasons why young adults leave is that they disagree with the church's stance on political and social issues. That can happen a lot. And I would say it's probably happening more right now because we live in pretty like divisive and, um, I would say polaring, very polaring um, situations or polaring, polaring topics, I should say, whether that be with racism and social justice and et cetera, et cetera. And here's the last one, um, that their work and responsibilities prevented from attending. Maybe that's you as well. You're really busy, work's in the way, you haven't really gotten a chance to go to church. Well, another study was done that also found that one out of nine of those uh, lost faith in, well, one out of 10 lost faith in Christianity, four out of 10 left the church, but they still call themselves Christian. Two out of 10 just dis- feel disconnected from the church and express frustration about church culture and disconnects with society. Three out of 10 stay involved in church. Um, yeah, three out of 10 still stay involved in church. That's, you know, 70% and uh, remaining 30% are still involved. So where are you? That's my question. Where are you, honestly? I mean, it's just just you and me right now. Where where do you find yourself in that statistic? 
Are you those ones that are, are too busy to go to church? You're too busy or maybe you disagree with some of the stances of the church. You don't feel connected. Uh, maybe you've been hurt by church and you no longer go there. Well, today I, I want to talk about how to fix this because I'm, I think I'm going to dedicate a different episode exactly of like why we should go to church. Uh, but this one, I'm I'm using this kind of like a step stepping stone to, to my next point, which is this, I think, has a lot of similarities with people's faith, you know, where maybe being a Christian for you is just more of a title. It's more of a tradition. You no longer really attend church. It's not, no longer really a priority for you, but it's mostly a name thing and whatever it may be for you. And I, and I, I think that a lot of young believers, and I think it, it's proven by this evidence that they're, they're leaving the church, is, is really a disappointment. It's a disappointment in faith, it's a disappointment in church, and people are kind of hypocritical and all this. And I want to share one of, the re, one of the ways that we can fix this. Uh, because again, remember that we don't, we don't believe and the church is not our salvation, right? It's Jesus Christ. And in the church, it's like a hospital. There's That's where hurt people get to get healed. And sometimes hurt people will hurt people. And it's sometimes messy, but we're humans. And that's where God's restorative power comes in, right? Well, today, I want to give you a couple points of, of what maybe you can do, what I can do to make sure that we remain connected. We remain connected to God. We remain connected to Jesus, and in John chapter 15, we're going to be looking at a lot of scripture today. So I hope uh, you got your Bible. If you're listening, you know, don't don't crash or anything like that if you're driving. Uh, but John chapter 15, verse 1 through 4 says this. It's Jesus. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will it will be even more fruitful. Then it says this, you are already clean because of the world I have, a word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So what does this verse have to do with what we're talking about today? I think one of the reasons that people leave church is because they don't see results. So one of the reasons that people leave their faith and they put all Jesus behind them and not make Jesus a priority and the number one thing in their life and a defining factor in their life. And like, Jesus, you're the, you're the definition of my life. Why doesn't that happen? Is because you don't, they don't see results. They go to church, their parents are hypocritical. Some of the leaders are hypocritical and then they see, and there's still pain. And then, and then there's pain and, 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 and suffering in life. And you ask yourself, God, why would you even allow this? And you say, man, all this Christianity stuff, I don't even know if I want to part in that. Have you have you ever asked yourself that question? Sometimes I've asked it myself. I've had to wrestle with some stuff too. I mean, you're not the only one. I'm, I'm right there with you sometimes. And I think here's the key. If you want to see results, it's not about just how many times you attend church and all that. That's super important. And we'll talk about it You know, in a certain episode. We'll definitely talk about why it's important to go to church. But just like the story we started this episode with, the reason sometimes we don't see results is because we're not plugged in. In other words, we're not rooted. Because here, Jesus is giving us the key to be fruitful, the key to see results in our life, to see changes in our life. It says this, that remain in me and I also remain in you. 
no branch, again, no branch, and this is talking, it's not talking about just branches, it's talking about people. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So are you lacking fruit in your life? And if you're not getting like these now, okay, what? Uh, yeah, I don't eat a lot of bananas. Uh, so yeah, maybe I'm lacking fruit. Okay, I'm not talking about that type of fruit, bro. Come on. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about the fruit of the spirit, maybe. Are you lacking some love, some patience, some peace, some kindness, some gentleness, some self-control? Are you lacking the results of living an abundant life? That doesn't always mean that everything goes right, but that means that inside of you, you always prosper. You have peace inside of you. And then in things actually, although they don't always work out well, you always win. You know why? Because Jesus is always the victor. It might not look like a victory, but Jesus is always the victor. So are you missing results in your life? And if you are, maybe it begs the question whether we're remaining in Christ. And we're going to see exactly what it means to remain in Christ. So, so stick with me. But I want you to be very honest with yourself because honesty is the first step towards change. Because you can fake it until you make it, but then you'll make it not to the real change that you want. Let me say that again. So you can, they say, well, just fake it till you make it. But when you make it, it'll be fake. Oh man, I think that made sense. I hope that made sense. I'm gonna say it again. So they say, fake it till you make it, but when you make it, it'll just be fake at the end. You're you're not gonna be the person that you wanted to be. You're not gonna be the person that God has called you to be. So that's, that's just a couple um, notes on that. So how do we remain in Christ? Again, Jesus says in verse 5, following, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Back to the story of the church, right? You can attend a lot of church church services. Uh, you can read a lot of Bible verses. You can put a lot of timers and see how long you can pray. But if you don't remain in him, apart from him, you can do nothing. There is a difference between religion and relationship. There is a difference, again, between religion and relationship. I'm going to continue the verse, and then we're going to talk about how do we remain in Christ. So he, he then says, If you remain in me, and my words remain in you. Oh, that's that's one key right there. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is, this is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be disciples. So, God's will for your life is that you bear much fruit. You bear much fruit. So it's not God's fault if you're not bearing much fruit. It's not God's fault if you're not seeing results, if you're not seeing change in your life, if you're not seeing transformation in your life, if you're not seeing things change inside of you and changing your surroundings. It's not God's fault because if it was up to him, he says that it is it is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to, my, to be my disciples. So how do we then remain in Christ? Most of us have, have heard this, remain in Christ, and as I remain in you, growing up in church, I heard this John 15 all the time. But how do we do it? How do we apply it in our lives? Well, the first thing we have to understand is that all Christians are grafted in Christ, but not all Christians are rooted in Christ. Uh-oh. I'm a, if you heard the little pause, because my I just... Oof, oof, let's let me say that again. All Christians are grafted in Christ, but not all Christians are rooted in Christ. 
What's the difference? Well, when we read the book of Romans, we understand that as the Gentile believer, so if you're not a Jew, you've been grafted into the family of, of God through the promise of Abraham, right? You become a child of Abraham because everyone that is that believes in faith in God and Jesus becomes a child of Abraham. Just read the letters of Paul. But there's a difference of just being grafted in, meaning you're saved, to actually being rooted in Christ. Because when you're rooted in Christ, you see a difference. Let me put it a different way. The Bible says that we should accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. I put it this way. To be grafted in Christ is accepting him as your Savior, but to be rooted in Christ is making him your Lord. Oh, snap. Sorry, I just got really excited. I hope you caught that because everyone wants to be saved, but not everyone wants a Lord. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I'm going to keep going. Everyone wants a Savior, but not everyone wants a Lord. Everyone's grafted in if you're a believer, but that doesn't mean that you're rooted in Christ. What does that mean? And then he continues, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. There's the key, in my love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Read that whole thing. Are you doing that? Well, okay, I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm trying to. Okay, remember, God's not asking for perfection. He's looking for progression. I didn't come up with that, okay? He's as, he's not looking for perfection, it's for progression. Then Jesus continues, If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments. So if you ask yourself, okay, Jesus, to remain in you means to remain in your love. What does it mean to remain in your love? To keep your commandments, to follow your teachings. Uh-oh. Are you following Jesus as the Lord of your Savior, or are you just using him as a ticket to heaven? Because there's a little bit of a difference. A little bit of difference. Remember that is believe in your heart that he, God has raised him and declare that he is Lord. So maybe the reason that you're not seeing results in your life, maybe the reason that you're not seeing the things that Jesus has promised in John 10, 10, that the, that the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said that he has come to bring you life and life abundantly. Are you seeing that life abundantly? Maybe if you're not, it's not Jesus' fault but maybe it's because you haven't remained in him. You haven't remained in his love and you haven't been following his teachings. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that's, I'm, I'm going to just leave that out there. I'm not a, if the shoe fits, wear it. Um, but that, that's, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. So then he continues. And if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my, the commandments of my father and remained in his love. Then he says, I have told you this so that you may have joy and joy may be in you that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. So Jesus brings it home. He brings it home to love. And, and again, we're like, well, what does that mean to love? Is to follow his commands, to follow his, his statutes, to follow his teachings. So you cannot profess to love someone if you're going against Jesus' teachings. Mm, I think that's very applicable to, to right now because everyone, you know, the world calls says, oh, just love everyone and everything. But their definition of love is a little bit different than the Bible. Yes, you're supposed to love everyone, love them so much because the, the world would rather say, oh, what? just love everyone. No one's really wrong. No one's going to hell. Nothing. Well, true love says the truth. True love says the truth. 
And when someone's in sin and they haven't repented and made Jesus the Lord and um, their Lord and Savior, yeah, they're sending themselves to hell. God's not sending them to hell. That's not biblical. They're sending themselves to hell. So true love says the truth. And then, and then he says this in verse 15. He says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. Then he says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. So I want to end this episode with this truth that God has already chosen you. God's already chosen you. So a lot, a lot of times we want to wait. We want to wait to hear from God. But as I've heard in many, many preachings from some great pastors like Stephen Furtick or Michael Todd and, and others, is that a lot of times we're, we're, we're waiting for God's next word, but we haven't actually ta- done what he's already told us to do. So God has already chosen you. He's chosen you to bear much fruit. He's chosen you to love people. He's chosen you to follow his teachings. So a lot of us want a word from God yet we're not doing what he told us to do. And that is that we're called and we're called to love. That, that's exactly what it is. A call requires a response. A call is not just uh, just a saying that can go one through one ear and out the other. No, a call is a requires a response. So my question is this, do you wanna see results in your life? Do you actually wanna see that life that Jesus promised for you? Well, again, maybe the reason you're not seeing is because you're not abiding in him. So will you make the decision to actually be rooted in Jesus, which then that means that you have to act in love, which means you have to follow and obey the teachings of Christ. Because if you don't obey the teachings of Christ, then you're not acting in love. And if you're not acting in love, you're not abiding in Christ. And if you're not abiding in Christ, you're not going to see fruit in your life. So I want to leave you with this. Remember that you're chosen. He already called you. A lot of people say, oh, I chose Jesus. No, 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 You responded to Jesus. So God's already called you no matter where you come from, no matter if you're part of that percentage, that 70%, that you've left church and maybe maybe your faith is not that much anymore as it used to be. You feel like, I don't know, God, I don't think I, I can come back. Whoever you are, whatever situation you find yourself in, seven, if you're the 70% or, you, or you've, you're the faithful 30%, regardless God has chosen you and God has called you. The question is, will you respond? We'll see you in the next episode of The Andrew Mock Show.